Hello and welcome to Ship It Shout It Season 2. We're back and Woo-hoo. better than ever. So, we're still the same product management and product marketing gurus that you know and love. Of course. Of course. But we're <laughs> shaking it up a little bit this season. So, instead of doing the case studies on a product or company, we've decided we're going to try our hands at developing a Greenfield product on our own. Or at least talking you through what it would be like <laughs> if we did. We just have all the ideas. We just, we're just the ideas people. <laughs> like, the execution is trivial. Um <laughs> So we're going to do mini series of three episodes each, where each episode is going to be focused on one part of the product development uh, kind of journey from the first episode being about discovery, second episode more about the delivery, and then the third episode being around launch and post-launch. Yes. So you can hopefully join us for each of these mini series. We're planning to do three different Greenfields products with three different parts each, making nine episodes and then... Maybe we'll see about a capstone episode. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Um, so the first one we're going to be looking at, though, then is Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. So tell also us- known as D and D. Exactly, which we'll be using from henceforth. Which, yes, because exactly. it's a big mouthful. So okay, is. what is Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. So we D&D. decided I will do the intro because I am closer to the. I'm going to say normal person on this. <laughs> well, so because we didn't want the whole episode to just be me talking about Dungeons and Dragons. Um, well, I'm getting very excited. Exactly. Um, so, all right, tell so us. what is it? Well, it is a group of people coming together to basically tell a story together. So that involves someone who is called a dungeon master and that person drives the story so they're basically the 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 god and narrator in this um in this story and it involves a group of other people who are there and they are playing a character and usually the idea is that you would go on a quest together you would solve problems together maybe fight a few bad guys um, talk to a few people explore a city you know all all that kind of fun stuff and it's all done through role playing meaning that you play your character and what your character would do in that situation and what weapons your character would fight with and all that kind of stuff mhm yeah sounds good good explanation i think thank nice you. and concise <laughs> thank you and so that is the D&D that is right now that exists yep. already and because this is about a new product, uh, we thought, well, what you know, what new product could we do for D and D? And we decided that we would like to plan out a D and D for seniors product. Nice. So, uh, new new user group, new user group for exactly. the same for the D and D you know, no one love. Correct. So, I guess a good jumping off point for the for the product discovery part of this new product then is let's think about where we are first. Like, let's understand the landscape as it exists for who are the user personas for the existing D&D project, uh, product, sorry. And so probably people have a peripheral awareness. Our listeners will have heard of D&D before. And so mm-hmm. I guess you would probably agree with me, I hope, in thinking that the classic D&D persona is this younger, more nerdy game playing aficionado type mm-hmm. um someone someone who sort of enjoys spending hours at a time concentrating on this very on this kind of fantasy world that exists only in their mind type mm-hmm. thing so the core user group enjoy storytelling and enjoy, enjoy sort of 
inventing something on their own, enjoy immersing themselves in in something for hours at a time. I guess they enjoy the fantasy setting because although there are role-playing games for lots of different types of worlds, whether it's sci-fi or dystopia or space or whatever, D&D specifically is a fantasy setting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess it's kind of it's it's kind of a nerdy hobby. So it's sort of a bit of a nerdy user group mm-hmm. is that sort of classic classic user persona. So like younger younger nerds yeah. is is basically the <laughs> the, the classic persona. Yep. So one one thought I had was also when talking about user personas, I wanted to um, bring in a buyer persona kind of um, side as well because mm-hmm. in product marketing often you would talk about a buyer persona because that's the person you know that's actually going to buy your product bringing in the money and then in product management you will look more so at the user persona because you are building for the person who's actually using your product and that doesn't mean that there is no crossover of course but still that's kind of the the two kind of focus points mm-hmm. so i was thinking so you talked about the user group just then um, for D&D. I was also thinking, okay, what would be the buyer persona for mm. D&D? Mm-hmm. And I think the buyer persona is clearly the person actually purchasing the products that D&D puts out. So there are things like a, a rule book. There are campaign books that talk you through the different adventures. Uh, there are different sets of dice and all that kind of stuff that you can buy. So I think the buyer clearly is someone who is strong into D&D. And the buyer is also someone who is then asking his friends or family or whoever to play with him or her. Mm. And I think that contrasts to the user in that the user is someone who is willing to participate in this, but possibly not quite so invested to really buy all of the stuff that comes with D&D. And like drive it forward. Quite and so drive much. it forward, exactly. I think it's not just the buying the stuff, I guess. It's also the, the time invested into learning the rules and really understanding the world and all that kind of thing. And like pulling everyone together too, because mm-hmm. I think part of, the, part of the challenge is that you can buy the rule books but you can't buy the friends to play it with you need to go and <laughs> you need to go and make those happen yourself yeah. somehow. Yeah. Um, and so I guess as a result is kind of difficult to initially acquire a customer, right? Like the 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 activation energy required mm-hmm. to convince someone to put in the financial commitment, but also the time and energy and I guess social capital spending that it's like, <laughs> come and play D&D with me. I promise it'll it's be fun. Be Please fun. trust me. Yeah, <laughs> that's quite high. But mm-hmm. once you've got someone over that hump and they, they are then investment invested, it's quite a strong flywheel and there's quite a strong contagion effect because then that one person is going to go turn into five players basically because they're going to pull in their friends by nature. They have to pull in their friends. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking about how we've done this and I think clearly you are the more invested person out (laughs) of the two of us, but you have pulled in a lot of people so far i think we've had about what three four five D &D groups to play with of like four Um, or five people each so not much overlap between the groups no so 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 i'm quite a contagious patient zero yeah Yeah, like Mm -hmm. so the spread from that initial buyer to organic growth from there is quite high yeah and i I imagine we're not uncommon in this maybe the spread is i think the replication factor is quite high in our case but I, i i imagine it's quite a usual general effect yeah and so I guess let's translate this. That's that's what it looks like for the existing D&D mm-hmm. products. What about, so how does this look like for the product that we're trying to develop, this D&D yeah, for seniors D&D kind of idea? Who's the, like, who's the buyer persona for us? Yeah, so 
there are two different buyer personas, I would say. Mm -hmm. The first one is the, what I call kind of kid at heart Mm. buyer persona. So that's the older person who wants to try new things, who's, um, you know, adventurous. Maybe they want to um, keep their gray matter sprightly and, you know, just <laughs> active, <laughs> active be, uh, remain active. And yeah, exactly. And then there's a the second one. And I think that's potentially the child or the grandchild or someone who cares for an older person. Mm. And they want to get them involved into a new hobby, maybe because they are playing themselves or maybe because they think, hey, this is something that sounds like it could be fun for this other person. Mm -hmm. And so, okay, so then it's sort of a vicarious, like it's a buyer on behalf of a user, right? Yeah, exactly. Interesting. And I guess that would be a less strong activation, right? Because you've got a bit of a, a divide between if you're yeah. trying to sell to a, a buyer on behalf of someone else versus sell to a buyer who's then going to who's be then that also, kind of, yeah. yeah, the key user. For sure. And I guess you, you could you could get around that by having the younger person also be the player. Mm. Um, or like the dungeon master or something. The dungeon master or something like that. And yeah. I think that would be a good one in the case that the younger person already plays D&D and mm. is like, hey, I have this fun activity. They've just released something for for you or grandpa <laughs> yeah yep. and i'm going to play with you and t- teach you how it's done and then maybe from there on they can sort of form their own group kind of thing but um have like the initial person involved in this it's not buy it to give to your grandparents it's buy it to play, it to with, play with your grandparents yeah. or parents yeah oh uh, cool and then i guess for the user persona it sounds like it wouldn't be too dissimilar right like you basically have people who are kind of interested not not enough to go and really put in all the investment themselves but they they're willing to go along with it they like the idea of telling the story i don't know that sort of thing i think so i think so yeah exactly okay um you might want to add that you know there's someone who wants to participate in an activity that their child or grandchild is doing oh yeah but i think that's very similar to i want to participate in an activity a friend is doing so true Uh, yeah i guess it's that kind of I like you and you like and so, this thing, exactly. so I so want to I'm join you do. in it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That then is a nice kind of easy path forward on it. Like it means that the messaging around the current D&D product can also then apply to this new product that for, for D&D for seniors. I think so, because when thinking about the, the USP or unique selling proposition, it's kind of, you know, you tell a story together with others that Mm. you care about so and you spend time with your friends um you're doing something that's a bit unusual all that kind of stuff and that doesn't change so yeah i think the general messaging can remain the same for the seniors product and i mean i guess that's quite nice you don't with it with a new product the more that you can lean on the existing brand identity Mm -hmm. and tone and that sort of thing and the 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 easier the path forward will be and i guess we'll touch on touch more on this in our uh in the delivery episode next episode so yeah exactly yeah i think one thing that probably will be a bit different and that doesn't need to be called out in the messaging but kind of just in terms of what the game would look like Mm -hmm. is that uh i was thinking we might want to introduce some new hardware in the game Mm. so if if you've played before, you probably know that there are a few aspects that can be a little bit confusing mm. to anyone, really, to me <laughs> as well. Yeah. The thinking then was that D&D for seniors could slim down complexity a little bit just to accommodate for people who may have never played before. Like, honestly, that would have been easy for me as well. <laughs> so, for example, the normal D&D has like seven different types of dice in it. Mm-hmm 
probably unnecessary. We could probably do with two dice, say. Yeah. Um, you know, that there's, there's this character sheet where you record who you are, what you can do, what you own. Which just ends up being a whole bunch of text and a lot of numbers on there, yeah. right? So you, you, you spend a lot of time looking through it for what exactly, you're trying to find. Exactly. So I think that can probably be slimmed down a little bit as well. Any kind of key mechanics, like how you... I don't know how you do a check, like how when you want to cast a spell or something, something mm-hmm. that can be made made much easier as well. So those kinds of mechanics, and I called it hardware because I guess I was thinking dice and character sheet and all that, but it can also be the mechanics of the game can be slimmed down and made much more easy to understand. I guess it's like the rules of the game to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Like, And I guess um, the direction, the general direction of this is really trying to get at the core of the game which is the the core usb really which is this tell story tell a story with friends take on a character take on a new character kind of Mm -hmm. thing have fun spending time with people you like yeah cutting away all of the stuff that is not directly getting at that Mm -hmm. at that job to be done if you will yes and kind of interestingly this it seems like Wizards of the Coast, this, that's the company that owns Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons, they've recognized this, I think, um, a long time ago. And you can see as you look through the different um, Dungeons and Dragons editions of the existing products, we're up to the fifth one uh, by now. This is the trend that we're already on, particularly with fifth edition. They've slimmed down the rules a lot. Fourth edition, for example, was was more like Dungeons and Spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you really needed to be someone who liked optimizing and crunching numbers for its own sake right? Uh, to, to, to enjoy it. And so they've started to get rid of that. And so we're actually, we'd be riding a trend that the product is already on with this, I think, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That also, I think, fits in nicely with other ways that the product's evolved over time. D&D has existed for almost 50 years now. Like it came out in the early 70s. Wow, it's, that's crazy. I know it's always, it's always surprising to me to realize this. Yeah. Um, there are, there are retirees who would have played this as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> this is kind of wild and so i don't want to harp on this too long but basically if you have a look if you sort of look at the timeline you can see how they've really tried to broaden their user base away from the kind of hyper nerdy people and i say that (laughs) with love because i self-identify as one of these who enjoy memorizing a bunch of rules and really immersing themselves in 600 page rule books to the mainstream players who really like enjoy spending time with the hyper nerds and enjoy telling a story with the hyper nerds, <laughs> yeah. but don't want to have to memorize 600 pages in order to play the game. Yeah. Right. And I think, so we can see that now, right. To with um, TV shows talking about D and D much mm. more. So, so stranger things, I think has done lots of things for D and D and actually yeah. like, they have released a stranger things campaign or something like that as they well. Have, I think like a source book or a campaign, like they've really yeah. leaned into that one. They have exactly. And then, um, community as well there's um i think two dnd episodes or something like yep. that it's becoming much more mainstream i think very much they're trying to get it away from this view of dnd is for nerdy young children or mm-hmm. nerdy teenagers to actually everyone can enjoy it regardless of your age or nerd status kind yes. of thing yeah. um, and so i think we'd sort of fit in nicely with that really like actually you were telling me you saw the other you saw that they've brought out uh dnd for kids right yeah exactly so that means that they've already taken a look at the younger age group so it would to me make total sense that they would now shift also to the older age group um that's just kind of 
a natural evolution from, hey, we've done something for kids. Hey, let's also do something for seniors. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess raises the interesting question of like, what's the life cycle of a D&D mm-hmm. user? Like, I mean, and, and for a product that's 50 years old, this is really a meaningful question now. Like you, you yeah. can literally have people who might have played D&D through their entire life. Um, yeah. And so for the company, I guess the ideal life cycle from a profit perspective, at least, is like you start as a kid and then you keep playing D&D until you, are, until you ascend to the, <laughs> to the astral realm um, mm-hmm. after your life ends. Yeah, true. But then I guess what, actually happens is that at some stage you will discover dnd for you and that's whether you're then a kid a teenager a young adult whatever but then life gets busy you might have children a demanding job a demanding cat yeah (laughs) and you likely stop to play for a little while but then once the nest is empty and you might be sort of you know slowing down in your job that's then the perfect time to get back into D&D and I guess that's where D&D for seniors would come in um, as (laughs) almost this reactivation product Mm. so you know you either you're someone who has played when you were younger and then you reactivate to D&D again Mm -hmm. or you're someone you know I'm assuming most people have been a bit playful when they were younger and have played some sort of game Mm. so maybe the reactivation in that sense is more like reactivating their their youth and their enjoyment of trying new things and being a bit more adventurous and all that kind of stuff oh that's an interesting um narrative angle uh, really of of it's kind of like okay now that you now that you have the time and you Mm -hmm. have have the space for this like rediscover the time to play games in general and be more playful and D&D is part of that kind of renaissance of your whole life kind of thing yeah that's like I think that's probably a nice messaging angle we want to explore really Mm -hmm. Uh, because it really it associates it with a really positive uh, this Mm -hmm. is not your twilight years this is your second childhood this is is great (laughs) (laughs) adulthood was just like uh was it was a temporary blip (laughs) that you had to suffer through yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) and okay and so i guess we we don't want to spend forever on the discovery period Mm -hmm. but we could go on for a long time and if we were really doing this i think we'd probably explore a few other questions right like what what else would we want to know here yeah one of the things we would want to explore is how do all the products fit together so you know can you mix and match products from the kids range the the classic range and the seniors range for example Mm. and if you can what does that look like can you for example port some um, stuff that you've done like that they've released for the classic version into the seniors version and what does that look like? Because I know that they have been doing that for older edition campaigns. You can kind of port them into later edition campaigns. So is there an equivalent for that? Or are they actually totally separate? All that kind of stuff. So that would be interesting to think about in terms of what does the whole product range look like and where does everything fit? And I guess for, for a product like Dungeons & Dragons that has such a rich, long history, that's that's an exploration that could take you a while, I think, mm-hmm. as a product manager and a product marketer, understanding what happens for people who were playing it 50 years ago and still have adventures from then. Like, mm-hmm. how does it slot in? Uh, because you really have this whole rich history to become part of. It, it, like... It's both a blessing and a curse. I think you've mm-hmm. got you've got a foundation to build on, but you also have these kind of shackles 
um, <laughs> constraining where you can go mm-hmm. without alienating people. Yeah. Um, so I think we could we, we could definitely we could spend, go on forever. We could. So we'll leave let's those. Not, as, let's not. Let's we'll leave those <laughs> exercises for the reader, right? Yes, <laughs> um, exactly. Like I said, let's not um, and wrap it up we'll here. We'll do this offline. We'll take it offline. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that's it for our discovery phase, I guess, from us. But make sure to tune in next week for the delivery episode. Exciting. I know. We'll be talking about tone and style, how these might have to be adapted for our um, D&D for Seniors product. Mm -hmm. And also we'll be touching a little bit on brand image and how our new product might change the brand image. Very interesting. And so, uh, as always, for this part one of this mini-series, we'll have the links uh, to a couple of interesting resources about read more about D&D if you like etc in the mm-hmm. blog post uh, but thanks for listening to this week as yeah. Lena said tune in next week for more of this and uh, we'll see you then talk to you then bye, bye.